bet you've heard of the time period known as the Renaissance, with lots of fancy paintings, architecture, and sculptures in Italy back in the day. But did you know that there was one that happened in the 1920s and 30s right in New York City? It was called the Harlem Renaissance, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm Kate Botello. Today, we're going to be exploring some of the amazing artists that were a part of the Harlem Renaissance in New York City. We'll start the show by asking you this Quizlet question. Harlem, in New York City, was named after the city of Harlem in what European country? Make sure you stick around. We'll give you a hint later in the episode, and we'll tell you the answer at the end of the show. Now, what is the Harlem Renaissance? It was a movement based on black culture, art, and music about a hundred years ago in the neighborhood of Harlem and New York City. The Harlem Renaissance was not just music, but also included theater, literature, dance, and visual art. And many important black creative people lived and worked during the Harlem Renaissance. Why did it happen then and there? Well, around that time, A large population of black people moved from the south up to northern cities in what is called the Great Migration. Now, many people moved into the neighborhood of Harlem in New York, and this new place to live with a lot of people in community with each other made it a great place to be creative and make art together. At the time, black people were starring in things, but it wasn't always art that was made by them or for them. So we'll be focusing on stuff that is exclusively by and for black people. Today we're going to talk about three important things to come out of the Harlem Renaissance, the musical Shuffle Along, composer William Grant Still, and poet Langston Hughes and the musical settings of some of his poems. First up, Shuffle Along, which was an important piece of musical theater to come out of the Harlem Renaissance. Everyone who created the piece, and also everyone who performed in it, was black. And probably for that reason, it was one of the first shows that showed black characters as good characters, and not just stereotypes and jokes. Because up to that point, white people had made shows that might have starred black people, but they definitely weren't for black audiences because they were based on racial stereotypes. Here's one of the most popular songs from the show. It's called I'm Just Wild About Harry. You're just wild about Harry. And here's what makes this really special. Before now, It was taboo to show romantic love between black characters on stage. We just like chocolate candy. And just like honey from the bees. And you're just wild about Harry. And he's just wild about Can I do without Harry's wild about me? Another important song from the show was Love Will Find a Way, which was the first romantic duet ever 
to be on the musical theater stage between two black performers playing black characters. Your love for me is a heavenly beacon. needed this show. So people were super excited about this show, and it was so popular on Broadway that it could cause traffic jams in Times Square at showtime. We've talked a bit about musical theater. Now it's time to talk a bit about visual art and chamber music. Our next artist, William Grant Still, was an important composer from the Harlem Renaissance. In this piece of music, each movement is based on different sculptures by visual artists, also from the Harlem Renaissance. The first movement is based on Richmond Barté's African Dancer, a strikingly beautiful bronze statue of a boy in a lilting pose as if he were mid-dance. The second movement of the suite was inspired by the drawing entitled Mother and Child by artist Sergeant Johnson. The piece shows a mother holding the head of a small child with its arms wrapped around her. The third movement of the suite for violin and piano is inspired by a sculpture by Augusta Savage called Gamin which depicts a young boy wearing a cap placed jauntily off to one side as he tilts his head in the same direction. How does the music reflect the jauntiness of his cap? Oh my, what a jaunty cap you have there! Coming up after the break, we'll talk about how composer Margaret Bonds was influenced by the poetry of Langston Hughes. We'll also give you a hint for today's Quizlet. Hi, I'm Keith Brown, and I'm the host of Gameplay. Every week on the show, I celebrate the amazing world of video game music with everything from beloved classics to brand new soundtracks. You can stream episodes at our website, GameplayShow.org. I hope you'll join me for this adventure. Hi, I'm Aaron Selbig. And I'm Dr. Amy Bessler. And we are the Latchkey Kids. Every week on the Latchkey Kids, Aaron and I remember some of our favorite things about growing up in the 1980s. Like choose your own adventure books. Or cabbage kids. Mall culture. Doing the moonwalk. 
That very special episode of Punky Brewster when Punky got trapped inside a refrigerator. Annie! Annie! The sun'll come out tomorrow. Maybe we shouldn't sing in the promo. Did we tell them we're brother and sister? At the beginning of the show, we asked you this question. Harlem in New York City was named after the city of Harlem in what European country? Here's a hint. It's known for its windmills and tulips. You think you know? Stick around to the end of the episode, and we'll tell you the answer. Welcome back to Classical Sprouts. So far, we've talked about the Harlem Renaissance in music and visual art, but this cultural movement also included writers. One of the most famous poets from the Harlem Renaissance is someone you may have heard of before, Langston Hughes. Hughes was an American poet, social activist, novel writer, and friend to many other artists of his time. He was also close friends with the composer Margaret Bonds. The Negro Speaks of Rivers was one of many, many of his poems that she would set to music. Here's that poem as read by Langston Hughes. I've known rivers. I've known rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood in human veins. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. And then here is the Margaret Bonds musical setting. One of Hugh's most famous poems, I Too Sing America, was also one that Bond set to music. Again, here's what it sounds like when Hughes reads the words of the poem. I too sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes. But I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow, I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody will dare say to me, eat in the kitchen then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful we are and be ashamed. I, too, am America. And here is Bond's music. I, too, sing America. focusing on music and art that was created entirely by black people, but what about art that featured black people but was made for white audiences? 
Well, like a lot of art and music, it's complicated. Porgy and Bess was a popular opera that had an all-black cast. You might have even heard of the opera before because it's so popular, but it's complicated. Everyone who created the show was white. This meant that the way that black characters were presented on stage in Porgy and Bess was the artistic vision of white people. You may have also heard of Duke Ellington, whose jazz orchestra got famous playing at the Cotton Club, but it's complicated. The Cotton Club was a club that only white people could go to and was based on really ugly stereotypes about black people. Ellington deserved to have his work played in more accessible spaces. Today, he's revered as a legend in jazz music and also his classical compositions. Sometimes history can be ugly, and sometimes it's complicated, but it is important to recognize both how the art was made and to also appreciate the art itself. Before we go, let's go back to Augusta Savage, the sculptor that William Grant still based his music off of. She was commissioned by the New York World's Fair of 1939 to create a sculpture symbolizing the musical contributions of black Americans. It's called the harp or lift every voice and sing, which is also the name of the song known as the Black National Anthem. of the sculpture at our website. At the beginning of the show, we asked you a question. Did you think of an answer? Here's the question again. Harlem in New York City was named after the city of Harlem in what European country known for tulips and windmills? You think you know it? Well, the answer is... The Netherlands! We will also accept Holland as the correct answer. People from the Netherlands were some of the first people to colonize the island of Manhattan from the indigenous people who already lived there. And the Dutch folks changed the names of many places in and around Manhattan, including Harlem. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. We have talked a lot about a lot of different kinds of art today by a lot of different artists. Which ones did you find the most interesting? Did any of the tunes get stuck in your head? If you want to see pictures of some of the people, sculptures, and posters of some of the things we talked about today, head to classicalsprouts.org to check them out. This has been Classical Sprouts. Thank you for joining us. This episode was produced by Emily Duncan Wilson with support from Amanda Sewell. I'm Kate Botello. Bye, Z's. Mm-hmm.